0: Welcome to church. First Sunday of the year, 2021. How you doing? Amen. Good to see everybody. Hopefully you had a great New Year's. And uh, hopefully, like me, you just kissed 2020. Goodbye in life. 450. Maybe. Hopefully, right? It's like, hope we never see you again, 2020. We're moving forward. Amen. Well, hey, uh. There's some good people around you, most of them. A couple of them are a little sketchy, you know. Watch out for my wife, you know. Let's say hi to somebody. As you guys are taking a seat here today. As we jump into our word here today, we're gonna to have a good time. Y'all take a seat. We are jumping into a new series over the next six months. Six months, for half the year, it's gonna be awesome. Now, for the next six weeks, we're going to be jumping into a series. And, you know, really this series that we're in is going to be uh, really getting back to the basics. You know, we're, we're the series we're going to call it, or we're title it, Back to the Basics. Fundamentals are foundational, kind of getting back into those fundamentals of life. And it's very easy to get caught up in like, maybe like a, a global pandemic that wreaks havoc on the whole world and your whole existence. And maybe you get a little bit out of rhythm Uh, of life, and I thought, man, you know, what better time, we're doing New Year's resolutions as it is, what better time to have a real conversation on kind of the fundamentals of life. You know, one scripture that talks about in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 13, this is Paul, and you probably have heard these uh, verses at any wedding you go to, but one of the things he says at the tail end uh, in chapter 13, or verse number 13, he says, uh, Faith, hope, and love, these things will last forever, right? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, we focus on the love part there. It's like, love, we must love, right? The whole chapter is about love. But what he is talking about the fundamentals of life is it starts with faith, it moves towards hope, and then it moves towards love. These three things are, will last forever. These are foundational pieces. And today, I really want to speak to the faith aspect of it. Faith is the start. It all starts in faith. If you got faith, then you live with hope right? If you got faith in Jesus Christ, he loved us first. So since he loved us first, we love also, right? We live from this place of faith, hope, and love, this place, foundational. So we want to jump into this conversation, especially in 2021. To start this Sunday off, I want to preach a message around this idea right here on living by faith, walking by faith, and really believing that Jesus can do some things that maybe we've given up on him that he could do inside of our lives. Cool? You with me on that? We're going to jump into it. Now, uh, just want to celebrate the entire church, our entire church, Christmas uh, the Christmas Difference Offering. We have raised $14,344.16. <laughs> I was, almost had to go back to my notes for a second. I was looking at it. I had a photographic memory. Just for a second. Doesn't always happen that way. But $14,344.16. Uh, if somebody wants to close the gap on that $6,000 to close out our goal of $20,000? Hey, you just write the check. All good in the hood. Um but we have that uh, that was given. So great job on that. That's incredible what we're going to be able to do as far as continuing our work on the streets and meeting the needs of those, giving towards uh, the organizations that are fighting against human trafficking nationally and globally. And uh, then we're going to have our boots on the ground. We're planning that trip in May and June for Tanzania, which is going to be legit because the big thing is, and everybody asks why Tanzania? Uh, and why get boots on the ground? Well, where we're going to be at makes a big difference on what exactly we're going to be doing. And we want to maximize our opportunity in Tanzania. So it's going to be legitimo. So uh, great job on that side of it. And then um, I think that is it. Yeah, that's it for that. Now, how many of you guys have ever been in a place in your life where you felt like God was answering everybody else's prayers, but he was overlooking yours? Everybody ever been there before? I think we all have. We have places like that We've met challenges inside of life, and then the challenges, we can get a little frustrated through those challenges, right? It seems like everybody else around us is meeting, you know, their, uh, their prayers are being met, you know, they're blessing, you know, they're getting blessed, and we're getting overlooked, and it's like, why, why, why? Now, for me, when I uh, graduated high school, I played in the high school All-Star Game, tore my ACL, I had the dreams going to Blinn Junior College, start off in junior college, wind up at big university playing quarterback. I may be 5'10", yes, I am. Five ten and three quarter, to be exact. For those that are, want to get specific on me, uh, I was Johnny Manziel before Johnny Manziel was ever a Manziel, right? <laughs> Johnny Football before he ever was a Johnny Football. I was I was Brent Football, you know. Um, <laughs> What I found is that, you know, in the high school All-Star, all-star game, I tore my ACL and I had to have a surgery very quickly at the tail end of the year to repair before it came to uh, football season. In that process, surgery, laying there all summer long, it seemed like everybody else's dreams were coming true and mine was not. Come to the end of that on dreaming. Come to the end of the summer to start going back to school, getting her into the uh, the training and and football and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, my knee gets infected, and that's the story I've told on the miraculous healing that God did on behalf of my leg. Almost lost my leg, but in an instance, it was millimeters away from my bone, getting into it. They're about to cut it off. It was going to be a you know I was going to spend the rest of my life as an amputee. Um, but the miraculous healing of God showed up in the middle of my life. But one thing that did happen is I was never the same. The dream of football was dead right there. At that moment in time, I tried, played spring ball and all, but just everything fell apart. It just didn't work out. You know, sometimes in life we find ourselves, and Jesus is very clear on this, is if you live a day of your life, you're going to face challenges. The thing is, he does not remove us from the challenges. One thing he does give us is himself through the challenges. And that's a very hard thing because when you experience all the emotions of things that you dreamed about dying things that you had so much hope in, dying, seem like they're stale or stagnant, whatever it may be, some things that may be sick, just like on life support, and you look around yourself. It's very hard to deal with those emotions and have the, the tenacity to push through or have the confidence to keep on moving forward or, or have the, 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 um, the strength to keep on dreaming again and say, you know what, this is not the end of a life, you know, it's just maybe this is the start of a new season. That's a very hard place to be when you experience all those emotions. And today, I want to have a conversation around, man, when, when maybe we're walking through that. I feel like the first Sunday of the year, we need to have a conversation around if we want to get back to the basics, and it is starting with faith, and it is starting with belief. But here today, 2020 have made, may have wreaked havoc on things around our lives that we've given up hope in those things, but Jesus is saying it's not time to give up hope in those things. It's not time to walk away from those things. It's time to dream again, believe again, and maybe Jesus wants to show up and revive those things again. So I'm going to preach a message today. If you want to take notes, keeping it at 100, just keeping it at 100. That's all it's going to be. For those that are over the age of 40, that means just keeping it real. Okay, just real talk. Okay, that's the conversation we're going to have, and we're going to be looking at the story of John chapter 11. Uh, this is Jesus dealing with some friends of his, Mary and Martha. They are close to him. Uh, Lazarus is inside of this story. What happens inside of this story is that uh, Mary and Martha are uh, living in Bethany. Uh, their brother, Lazarus, in which Jesus was close to and friends with, he's sick. And so Jesus is doing ministry. Obviously, he is, he's called to do, he's doing ministry. And uh, he, they send word for him. Mary and Martha's like, hey, Jesus, he's friends of ours. We've seen him do miracles. Hey, make sure you go tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick. And so we we pick up inside of this story, and I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of it, and you guys can go back and read the entirety of the story. But I'm going to give you the key points that I want us to hear today that hopefully can revive our spirits here today, revive our hope again today. And maybe today we'll walk out of here believing again and walking by faith and not by sight of the reality that we're living in here today. And so Jesus, when he catches catches this message in uh, verse number 4, of John chapter 11, it says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So basically what Jesus is saying is, you are giving me information of a sickness, but this sickness that he has, obviously it sounds like it's terminal because Jesus is like, hey, I know this is a bad situation, but this situation is not going to end in death. That's not where this is. Ultimately, this situation is going to work out for the glory of God. So to start off this conversation, just keeping it 100, 2020 maybe has wreaked havoc on the situations around your life, the relationships around your life, the dreams you have about your future. But where I want us to start here today is from a place to just like Jesus would, as we're looking at the situation, the relationship does not look like you thought it should look like or you think it should look like. You're not locked in step with your spouse like you started out in, in 2020. 2020. Maybe you're not in a place today where you are flowing and moving and feel confident inside of the career or the job that you are walking in here. Maybe today you have a calling and a talent that you feel like is not being utilized. And today you're looking at something that does not have life to it. Maybe it is sick as this situation is. Lazarus is sick. You're looking at a situation that looks sick. It's not healthy. It's not vibrant. You're looking at thinking, man, this thing is going down a road that is possibly going to lead towards the end of it. And what I want us to start off today is start speaking as Jesus said, this will not end in death. Start identifying what are these things that maybe 2020 has wreaked havoc on inside of your life and state, state right now, just as Jesus did, with the level of confidence and experience. Obviously, Jesus has been here before to deal with sickness before. Sickness is not something that he's afraid of. It's an opportunity that he sees that he can move within. And if we sit here today as confident believers, and I'm, this, is, this is speaking to believers right now, directly towards you. We are called to walk by faith and not by sight. So with that, inside of maturity of sight in our faith, we're called to speak things that are not as though they are. We're supposed to walk by this faith to say, man, our God can do the miraculous. And so to start this conversation right now today, what I want us to believe is the thing that you are living in and walking through and the circumstances you are, uh, um, are dealing with and the challenges in which you are facing, the relationships that are around you, the dreams that you want, have, once had that seem like they're dead. Can we just decide right now to say, you know what, this will not end in death. This situation will not end in death. My hopes and dreams will not end in death. My life will not end right here. I'm moving forward as a person. This thing will not end in death. So Jesus would move on from here. He's immediately speaking faith over the circumstances, which I think is a key indication for us. Just keeping it real, we got to start speaking life. As Brian said just a minute ago, death and life are in our tongues. What is coming out of our mouth will ultimately reflect what is on the inside of our hearts. And today, if we are spewing out chaos and we're spewing out hopelessness, maybe we've lost sight of our God, the creator of the universe that has met us, changed us, transformed us, and miraculously saved us. Maybe we're losing sight of his power and we're looking only at our ability. Let's begin to speak life to the situations in which we are walking in. Now, the second part of this is um, in uh, John chapter 11 I'm going to jump down to uh, verse number 11. It says, then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. So he's bringing, to, uh, he's bringing a reality to his disciples. They're a little um, questioning. You're questioning Jesus in the circumstance because Jesus had some, some threats over his life in Jerusalem. So he's got to go back to Jerusalem. He's got to go back, uh, back and, and face these individuals, but he's already faced Death threats, and they're thinking, like, Jesus, you want to go back and face this thing, but he's he's speaking to the reality here of our friend has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. Verse number 12 says, The disciples said, Lord, is he sleeping? If he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus has died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will uh, really believe, come. Let us go and see him. So this statement Jesus is making inside of here, he's speaking to the reality of what is going on. Lazarus has died. And he says this statement back, because of your, uh, it, is, it is best that it has happened this way. And I'm glad that I wasn't there because it's going to help you with your belief. I'm glad I wasn't there. And sometimes, you know, we got to come to a place where we, we state the reality so that we can, uh, we can move past the challenge in which we are walking in. Sometimes we want to overlook what the real problem is. And so we'll try to start addressing everything else other than the real problem. And we'll stay stuck inside of that problem. So Jesus is like, hey, I'm glad I was not there. I'm glad I was not in that situation. I'm glad I wasn't there because this is going to help you really believe that I am God. So number, uh, number three, I'll write this down. You can write this down. Recognizing the reality gives God the ability to adjust accordingly. Recognizing the reality gives God the ability to adjust accordingly. So here you have a situation in which he's saying, hey, the reality is he has died. I'll get back to number, point number two in just a second. Now I'll get back to it in just a second. I skipped it on accident. So I'm going to get back to it. <laughs> But I'll get into this point right here. What is Jesus doing? What Jesus is doing is he's speaking to the reality of what is. It's been two days. Yes, Lazarus had a terminal illness. I have a responsibility to do ministry. I understand, and I'm not scared of the situation. I know I can move in the situation. I ultimately know that the situation is not going to end in death. So I'm going to continue to do ministry, and then I'm going to show up and deal with Lazarus whenever I need to deal with it. I'm glad that I was not there so that it'll increase you. Your faith is ultimately what he is saying. You know, I think sometimes in life, we can find ourselves where we want God to do what we want him to do, and we want him to do it how we want to do it. But God's like, no, no, no. I'm going to let you face this situation. You're going to walk through this thing. You are the product of your decisions. The reality in you are living in here today is because of the decisions you decided yesterday. And since you've made those decisions, the wages of sin is death. So let me let you taste a little bit of that death. So you'll come to the end of yourself and you'll come to the start of belief in me and faith inside of me because you're realizing that it's not about you. You don't have the ability to accomplish it inside of yourself. So here's the reality. What is the reality? I'm glad I wasn't there. And what we know about Jesus, is when he's going to show up, he's going to move in the circumstances, in the situation. Jesus is saying, hey, yeah, I am. I'm going to go deal with this situation. They're saying, hey, you sure you're going to go deal with it? You're going to face some death. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go deal with this situation. The beautiful thing is, is when Jesus is in the moment and Jesus is present in those circumstances, he's going to move on our behalf. But the beautiful thing about our God is he is a, uh, uh, he's a, he's a God that allows us free will. He's a God that says, hey, if you want me, if you ask, then you shall receive. If you draw near to me, then I'll draw near to you. But if you decide to walk away, you're good. You can do it on your own. But it's not going to be with my blessing on your life. So we serve a God that is very courteous of us to say, you got free will. I'll jump in when you want me there. So Jesus, you want me to come? When he's there, he's going to move. But sometimes we can find ourselves in a place where we're, we're not willing to accept the reality of what is. Your marriage is in shambles today because you have not made the decisions necessary to pursue each other properly, treat each other with love and respect. And so therefore, you're not in step with each other in your marriage and you are on shaky ground. Your marriage is sick. Right here today you are on shaky ground inside of your job or your career because you're not carrying yourself in the characteristics necessary in order to have the credibility and or the reputation of responsibility. So therefore you're not getting more. So people are viewing you in a negative light. Take your responsibility of your choices. Today you are coping with your problems through addictive behaviors that is leaving your life in destruction. So that is not everybody else's problem. That is your problem, right? Accepting the what, just keeping it 100, right? Just one 100, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. I, the, the reality of what I'm living in is my responsibility. It doesn't matter what the world tells you. The world will tell you it's everybody else's problem. Let us help fix it for you. That's what they'll tell you. It's not your problem. You just keep on being dysfunctional and we'll just keep on helping you with your dysfunction. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You got an issue, you got to come to me to resolve your problem, you got to get yourself right, allow me to come into the situation to deal with your circumstances. And this is what I'm speaking today to us. One, we got to speak life over the circumstances. 2020 may put doubt inside of us that God can do what he, he says he can do. But what is it? If we're not allowing Jesus to come into the circumstances, maybe Jesus needs to do something inside of us before he'll do something inside of our spouse. Maybe he needs to do something inside of us before he'll give us the raise. Maybe he needs to do something inside of us before he'll restore the relationship. Maybe he needs to do something inside of us before we step into a new level of confidence inside of our lives. It starts with us. Number two inside of here, I got them backwards. I'll give you this. The second part of this is just because there's a delay doesn't mean it's a denial. Just because there's time between the prayer and the fulfillment of that prayer does not mean that God is denying you the answer to your prayer, right? All things are according to his will. He is working on our behalf. He's given us exactly what we need whenever we need it. Our timeline would kill us. His timeline is perfect. Jesus waited two days. Mary and Martha's over here like, we are friends of yours. We like, we like, we like keeping it real. We like cool. Cool. Like, we like hung out Jesus together, and I make a request of you, and you don't show up on time? Come on. Praise God for the Hispanic culture knows how to keep it real. You call Uncle Jojo, he's going to be there in the middle of the night with a trailer full of everything. He'll fix the AC, the water heater, flat tire. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen, right? Keeping it real, right? Delay does not mean denial. And sometimes we can get so arrogant in our faith to believe, well, I asked in Jesus' name. I walked around the altar in Jesus' name. But the reality is (laughs) maturity inside of our faith understands that God's timing is his timing. We don't see the big picture. We are a part of his great plan. And when we're led in peace of the Holy Spirit, we can walk by faith and just say, you know what? It's maybe God's timing, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not. But we're cool no matter the outcome. Delay does not mean denial. Amen? So Jesus would move on, getting, on, getting into point number four. Back in. All right, there we go. So point number four, you can follow in this story where essentially Jesus is heading down to... Um, to meet with uh, Mary and Martha. And so you jump into John chapter 11, verse number 21. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus responded back to her, your brother will rise again. Now, that was Martha's response. He has an engagement with her. She's in a place of, what is it, disappointment. If you just showed up, Jesus, he wouldn't have died. If you just showed up, we wouldn't be facing all these emotions. We wouldn't be dealing with all these emotions. If Jesus if would have showed up in 2020 and just stopped the pandemic and, you know, just allowed this to just be eradicated, if you could have gave us, you know, a a vaccine in like two months rather than eight years, you know, one year isn't good enough for people. I mean, uh, oh my God, this miraculous thing. In one year we created a vaccine, Uh, uh, it's not good enough. But if you could have done it like two days, Jesus, then we wouldn't be facing all these emotions of, of people dying from COVID, right? They're in the same place. You know, Jesus, if you would have been here, this wouldn't, we wouldn't be facing all these emotions. Martha's frustrated. Jesus is like, yeah, okay. I get it, but he's going to rise. And he, she's like, yeah, yeah, he's going to rise with the dead. Yeah, we understand. So she goes and gets Mary. And it's like, Mary, hey, the... Jesus is here. So what happens, Jesus comes, and Mary goes out, and she's had a horde of people with her because they're all mourning, and you know it's probably like this, oh, man, where's Mary going? She runs out of the house where all the mourners are. They're like, where's she going? Let's follow her. So they're going with Mary. And this is what happens whenever Mary shows up. Mary shows up, and it says, when Mary arrived in verse number 32 and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. She repeated the same line as what Martha did. The same emotions are going on. The same sentiment is going on. Here we are, friends of yours, Jesus, and if you would have showed up, this would have never happened. Come on. You, you, we've been here before. Jesus, if you'd have just shown up in this relationship, it wouldn't be on the rocks right now. Jesus, if you would have just shown up in the middle of my workplace and answered my prayers, then I wouldn't have my job on the line or I wouldn't be furloughed or let go right now. what, Jesus. We have all these things around us. We we have all the sentiment, all the emotions. We can feel what's going on here. Jesus, if you would have just been here. Jesus, if you would have just shown up. Jesus, 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 why are we facing all these things? If only you would have been here. Number four, if you want to write it down, despite disappointment, do you still believe? Despite the disappointment in which you have faced in the reality of the circumstances you are walking in here today, with all your preconceived notions, all your preconceived ideas, all the timelines that you had in place, the way that you thought it should happen, with all the emotions in which you are feeling in the middle of your di- uh, disappointment, the question is, do you still believe? You've heard me say it before. Jesus' hometown, solemn as mere man. So they did not believe in his supernatural ability. And today, if we lower Jesus down to just another human that was a good human, another individual that did some good things when he was here, and we don't place him in, a, in the rightful place that he is called to be, he is the Christ, he is Savior, he is Messiah, he is our healer. Man, if we don't put him in his right place and we don't believe, he has no power and ability to move on our behalf. Just because we're living in disappointment today doesn't mean that we should not believe. We can face all the human emotions of, man, I am frustrated with my circumstances, my relationship, my marriage, my career. I am frustrated with my mental existence. I am frustrated with where I am at today. In all the frustrations, you can face every human emotion. But if you are a believer that has been saved by grace, it should do nothing to affect your faith. Because even in the middle of your frustration, if you still believe, and Jesus says just that mustard seed of faith, He can still move mountains for your, on your behalf. He can still move the challenges out of your way. He can still show up in the middle of your circumstances. Do you still believe in spite and despite your disappointment? Maybe you're here today and you you understand exactly what I'm saying. You're disappointed. You're frustrated. You don't believe you should be here. You've been a believer for how many years now and you're thinking, God didn't show up on my behalf? But you're looking on Instagram thinking, how did that person keep their job? How did that relationship stay together? Everybody else around you, you see the answered prayers and you don't see and believe that God can do it for you. You can find this story that closes out where Jesus sews up and the beautiful thing here is what Jesus has to do is remind them. They're sitting here saying, if you would have showed up, Jesus, we wouldn't have had all these emotions. We wouldn't experience this. But Jesus would show up and he would confront their unbelief. In verse number 38, it says, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone and rolled, it across, uh, rolled across its entrance. Verse number 39 says, Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. He shows up. It's four days late. Lazarus has been dead now for four days. So Martha tells him after he's like, hey, roll the stone aside. Martha's like, hey, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. It's going to be horrible. Why are you bringing us back to this place? We've seen him. We put him in the grave We've experienced all the emotions of losing him, and now you want to bring his nasty, smelly body. You want to expose this. Why would you do that to us? The smell is horrible. Verse number 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? What is Jesus saying? We already had this conversation. I've already indicated to you that You will see God's glory through this circumstance if you believe. We've already talked about this. I've already confirmed this and affirmed this to you. I am already clear that if you believe, you can see God's glory through less than ideal circumstances. Number five, if you want to write that down, write it down. Didn't he already tell us we would see God's glory if we believed? Didn't he already tell us that he would see God, we would see God's glory if we believed? You know, you ever like you ever like talk to somebody before and be like, hey, if you just man, you just keep on pressing through, it's all gonna, it's all gonna work out. Hey, don't allow this circumstance to get you down. You're mentoring somebody in your workplace, you're like, hey, it's it's all good. Like don't, don't get down. It happens every once in a while. Tempers flare. People get frustrated. They say mean things. Just keep on plugging through. Don't, 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 don't give up right here. I had a guy one time uh, um, tell me that I was an arrogant religious SOB in, my, in the workplace. And I was like, I just love Jesus, bro. You want to come to church with me? <laughs> But apparently, because I I live differently, I'm not in there just like, I'm not in there just living with levita loca Loco, like, talking about this girl, that girl, this thing, being married, like, doing what, like, no. Not over here, like, in the bar, the club, nothing. I mean, I'm just living life, loving my wife, going to church, loving Jesus, living life to the fullest. And so he thought that was a threat to his existence. You know, if I would have gave up right then, I would have lost all the opportunity of the six people that I got to minister to over six years. I'm talking about um, uh, individuals that are, was addicted to meth. One was addicted to meth. One had a same-sex uh, attraction that he was walking through. One was addicted, or two of them were um, addicted to uh, alcohol. I am mean, I'm talking like some crazy lives that were li- being lived that I was able to minister to and encourage and strengthen them and, and tell them about Jesus and the love that Jesus had for them and just to see their lives transformed. But if I would have given up in that moment, where I had this one instance of, of, like, I mean, extreme. He got written up for it. It was awesome. Um, I would have I lost the beauty of God, the, the miracle that God had on the other side of that. You know, sometimes we got to come to a place and and, and believe as Jesus has spoken it, man. If you want to see God's glory, you're going to have to press through. You want to see God's glory in your marriage, you're going to have to press through moments and times where the seasons are not the honeymoon. You want to see God's glory through your workplace, you're going to have to get over the inner chaos of the culture you are working in and keep on showing up as a follower of Jesus Christ under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen and keep on allowing the Spirit to flow out of you in the face of all the chaos in which you are walking in. You want to see the miraculous? You're going to have to have extreme faith over circumstances around you where you begin to speak things that are not as though they were. Because what Jesus does in this circumstance is He shows up to the grave. He looks at the grave. The Bible says that He wept. The shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. The Bible says that he was angry. Why was he angry? Because he's looking in the face of believers that have lost hope and lost belief in who he was and what he could do. He's frustrated. Ah! He faces the humanity. He wept. This is my friend, Lazarus. Death has taken his life. I am separated from him right now. I'm weeping. Oh, Lazarus! But he's got the power. And what I love about this is what he's doing right here is a shadow of what's about to come whenever he conquers death, hell, and the grave. He speaks in, come out, Lazarus. Come out. And the Bible says that Lazarus walked out, bound in cloth. He did what he could do, and then he called everybody else to go do what they could do. Go unbind his hands. Go go take the cloth off his head. I'm going to do the supernatural. You do the natural. Get rid of the burial cloth. Get rid of those things. Let me just tell you the main message I want to give you today, just keeping it real. Martha's like, hey, just keeping it real, Jesus. Mary's keeping it real, Jesus. If you were here, it wouldn't have died. Jesus like, I'm just keeping it real. Keeping it real? Didn't I already tell you that if you believed, you would see God's glory? Then you are Just keep it 100. If you believed... Then you would see. And today, maybe you don't see. Jesus is here, he's ready. You haven't had Jesus in the circumstances before because you just looked at him as bleak. But maybe today's a realization that you are at the end of yourself and the start of him that you can say, Jesus, I have not asked you to be a part of this. And today I want you to be a part of that. And today what we can do is just like Jesus did. Marriage come alive. Dreams, hope for a future, come alive. My life will not end in death, come alive. And maybe today, the first Sunday of the year, when we look at 2020 that has wreaked havoc on our lives and the things that surround us, we can begin to speak life over things. We can allow Jesus to move in things. Our faith can rise up. This is a fundamental, getting back to the basics. It's faith and faith alone. Faith and faith alone. We believe that there's a supernatural God. And so for we live with hope for an eternal future with him. And so we live this life in love towards the world in which we get to live in. Let's stand up to our feet today. And I'm going to speak to you directly today. If you are an individual that can identify with me and what I'm saying. Shepherd of this house is saying, Pearl Street Church. We're going to speak to the dead things and the sick things around us and say, come alive. This will not end in death. Come out. Come alive. If this is you, just give me a wave and say, Pastor, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Amen, amen. This is the beauty of the body of Christ right here. We are together on this journey. We pray for each other. We can't grab the anointing oil and slap it on your head because of COVID. But what we can do is believe by faith that the supernatural God can move on your behalf. The dead things, the sick things can come alive in Jesus' name. Amen.